Hi, I would like to take this opportunity to thank everybody for joining me today. Um, today my podcast is called So I'm Mental. What's your superpower? And in case you are not familiar with me, my name is Dee and this is my podcast. Uh, let me clear my throat. Um, I've created a site to touch base on things that others may feel, say, or wish they were said more. Uh, I understand that my thoughts, my words, and even some research ethics that I do may not meet everyone's approval or understanding and might even offend some people <clears throat> nowadays. However, I respect that and I can appreciate your First Amendment right um, as I hope that you appreciate mine as well. To give you a better understanding on topics that I am most passionate about, um, you, me, our nation, God, of course, and everything in between. This site is not intended to patronize anybody, nor does it to state that I'm an opinionated person and that I'm not willing to listen or try to understand others in their point of views, their feelings or emotions, which feelings and emotions, I guess are the same thing. Anyway, um, I have been through a lot of moments in my life. However, I do respect the experiences, opinions, feelings, and the well-beings of others. I do not, nor will I ever, go out of my way to personally hurt anybody. That being said, uh, I would like to again say that uh, my topic today is called So I'm a Mental... No, that's not right. <laughs> Sorry. Lost my mind there. Um, my thought anyway, not my mind. Um, anyway, I lose my focus a lot. So anyway, it's called So I'm Mental. What is your superpower? Today I would like to talk about mental health and what mental health means and what it can mean to those who don't think they are as socially society actually pretty much calls it um, crazy. <laughs> First, what is mental health? As defined by being.com when I googled it, because um, you know Google knows everything even though it never understands anything, uh, mental health is a person's condition with regards to their psychological and emotional well-being. Okay, I feel like that's a no-brainer there. <laughs> no pun intended. Anyway, according to the CDC, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, mental health includes emotional, psychological, and the social well-being. Luckily for us, they continue to find this word more than what Bing.com did, and they elaborate on its meaning in a little bit more depth. It continues to go on and say, mental health affects how a person thinks, how they feel, and how they act. It can show how a person handles stress, can handle being around other people, and can handle, even handle being in certain environments and situations. Maybe even a certain song, a certain restaurant, a certain movie, a certain word, a certain name. It can also affect how a person takes care of themselves and the choices that they make. So when is mental health and stability important? I like to say the mental stability starts basically before you're even born. Now that may sound a little silly, I guess, to answer that way to some. However, in all fairness and in good understanding, I hope, if you think about it, that really does make sense. Now, why would this be, you ask? That's a good question. And all good questions are every question that you ask. Because a person's well-being and development is determined before they even take their first breath in the outside world. It is affected by the choices and DNA of their family and their environments. 
if a parent, let's say, is on any type of medication, now, of course, I could go on and say illegal drugs, but hey, that's everybody's go-to, right? Let's blame drugs for everything or alcohol. But let's just, for our hypothetical, you know, reasons of not placing blame there, let's just say normal medication, over-the-counter medication, <clears throat> something simpler. Let's just say, let's just start with taking a certain counter over medication. We won't even pick on a certain one. We don't have to pick a brand. Just any particular brand. You can think of one if you want to. Put one in your mind if you want to. Now, I'm sure most of us have had medication over the counter more times now in our life than we ever even thought we needed to. Or even more than what we thought we need to now. I'm not even going to pick on that. Different medications have different effects and different reactions to different people. And the way their bodies are developed, their allergies, their DNA, and even their flora, and etc., etc. Everybody even has different blood types. Different antibodies in your system, different immune system, even different chromosome alleles. That determines also your DNA. For example, some people, they have uh, blood types that are very, very rare. Some may not even have ever even heard of these types of blood types. Sure, you hear people with A positive or A negative or B positive, B negative or AB positive, AB negative or even O, this, so, that, and whatever. Everybody's got different blood types. However, there is a blood type that most don't probably never even heard of before. And I only found it about this blood type when I worked in blood banking. I worked in a blood banking lab. And it's called Bombay blood. This particular blood group is very rare. As a matter of fact, people with this type of blood type, when I learned when I was in blood banking, often bank it for themselves, just in case they need a blood transfusion or anything to save their own life, because it is not compatible with other blood types. It lacks an H antigen on the red cell membrane, and it has an anti-H in the serum. Mucky muck is what we call the serum in medical school, actually. <laughs> it fails to express an A, B, or H antigen on the red cell or any other tissues. What does this all mean? Well, if you don't know what your blood type is, it could mean a deadly reaction or even death. And if your blood is combined with another blood that is non-compatible, it does what they call separation. It repels against each other. Kind of like family, if you will. You know, if you have bad blood in the family, so to speak, what do they do? They separate. Well, it's kind of, and it kind of kills the family. I guess it's easier if you want to look at it as a metaphoric manner that way to understand it. Sometimes that's what I do. I try to put things in little scenarios in my mind to kind of remember this, you know. Um, so anyway, um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Everybody has their own way of learning. Everybody's different and everybody learns differently. So what's my point to my example? Well, before I get off track, which I do a lot and I already have, <laughs> and I lose the spots in my head <laughs> um, because, you know, nobody's the same. Yeah, yeah, I know, Dee, duh. But we tend to forget that we are all not the same. Although we may have some related similarities, similarities or even common denominators, if you will, everybody is different. Even twins are different. Sure, they may look the same, some may act the same, some may have matching DNA quality, some may even have matching clothes. However, everybody and every person, even an identical twin, is different in one particular way that I know of. Nobody has the same set of fingerprints. Nobody. Not even a twin. A person develops their finger and toe prints in the womb. I learned this in medical genetics class. I thought it was pretty cool. 
when a mother is carrying a child in her stomach, the friction from the placental wall as the baby bounces back and forth it leaves the indentation marks that make the finger and toe prints. That's where your finger and toe prints come from. At least that's what my genetic class taught me. So I guess you can say your prints are determined on how well you bounce back and forth in your life and in your development. <laughs> well, that's true. <clears throat> I guess your finger and toe prints are your mama gave you. <laughs> Um, depends on how much I guess she makes you bounce around. No, that's not true. <laughs> it depends how much you wiggle around inside of her. So what does this all mean? Well, it might mean that you just thought of something that you might want to Google. Or maybe you're going, hmm, that's interesting. Or maybe you're remembering what you might have learned in medical school too. Or what you already knew. Or maybe you're just thinking, man, this woman has lost her mind. Well, yeah. Maybe all of the above. Point is that we all take the same over-the-counter medication for the same sort of cause most of the time. Different medicines, though, are, are for different things. One might take one thing and it's and it has different reactions and it can do different things. Like it might do like a muscle reaction might be for pain, but it also might help, you know, relax your muscles and this that it's all kind of like a domino effect, if you will. That doesn't mean that it isn't compatible, though, with your immune system or your mentality. Or even with other medications in your lifestyle. You know, your genetic makeup might have a counter-reaction with the medication that you take. Unfortunately, our social life does have an effect on such factors as well. This all being said, this is in our systems and in our blood. And guess where else it also is? In our reproduction system. So our choices can have an effect on certain things in the development of our children. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to make anybody feel any blame on anything if they have experienced any type of loss at all. Please, by no means, do not take offense or trigger anything in that area. Some things are just in the hands of God and are not controllable in the development of our children. We are not made to be able to make choices with those children. That is in God's hands. When we have the ability to make choices, those are in our hands. I, of all people, have my, had my bouts with what demons in my, with that kind of demon in my life. I also, too, have lost a child and miscarried when I was pregnant between my son and my oldest daughter. I also have a granddaughter that has Down syndrome and had five surgeries before she was a year and a half, one being open heart surgery. So I, by no means, am trying to imply that to anybody at all. So I do apologize if anybody took that or takes that too straight to the heart. And I do give my sincere condolences to anybody that lives with that level of pain. It does not go away. It might subside. And in time you might let it pass your mind. But it doesn't never fully go away. The genetic makeup of a person's and the way they handle medication, food, drinks, and even the sun cause different effects. Some people are allergic to the sun. It's called photosensitivity. This can be a natural allergy and also a side effect of medications or even the type of sun ray it may be at the moment, such as an eclipse. Well, someone with this type of reaction can have issues with other natural immune system antibodies and flora, such as vitamin D, 
Vitamin D is something that the body needs in order for a person's organs and body to function and also allows a person's bones and muscles and the immune system to grow, repair itself, and also keep your system flowing in the order and manner that it is needed to maintain your life. I have used this word flora many times and I've already talked and I'm sure you're probably thinking, what in the world is flora? Oh, I've done Googled it. Oh, that's what it means. Or maybe you haven't. But let me tell you, it is like, you know, you might be thinking of that, like the florida on your teeth. Well, yes and no, I guess you could say. If you want to squint your eyes and limit it to right there. Flora is a medical term that is used to describe the amazing microorganisms that reside and partake in your human body and exist on the inside and the outside of your human body. So basically in a nutshell, it is called a human and understandable terms in human and understandable terms it is called bacteria, fungus, and yeast. It is in your gut, such as the bile that breaks down, that goes through your stomach and breaks it down and determines what to absorb and what to eliminate. It is also on your skin. That's why it is Important to maintain good hygiene and wash your body and keep yourself free from unnecessary additional toxins, as well as cleaning any cuts and abrasions. But you can also overclean because your flora, your natural body flora is important and that is what helps fight and keep your immune system healthy. <clears throat> this helps to keep undue bacteria from building up and taking up residential place on an open cut that could reside to an infection resulting in amputation or additional health complications internally and externally as well. Even some things as simple as a broken tooth, the bacteria and the, the germs and um, the infections can get into your system and there are people unfortunately sadly have died from a broken tooth. Now, all of this might leave a person thinking, what does this all have to even do with a person's mental state of mind? Well, I don't know. What does it have to do with any, everything? It has to do with everything. Merely because all of this is a combination with every factor in a human being's life that affects the mental state of a person. Everything that goes on around you, everything you do, everything you say, things that are interactive, basically life in itself uh, is a person's mental state of mind. If a person isn't what society classifies as a Barbie type, or even a Prince Charming, if you will, this can hinder the way the person feels and thinks for themselves. We we'll classify someone as a Barbie type or Prince Charming anyway. What standards or survey was taken in order for that to be done uh, and to be determined? And why would it even matter? We're all people. We're individual people. And we all matter. Doesn't matter if we're Barbie, if we're Ken, if we're Joe Blow up the road, if we're, you know, Billy Bob, if we're Karen, if we're Justin, whatever. We're still people and we still matter. A person can change their appearance in many, many ways, especially with today's technology. People are going to get messed up if they go missing and, you know, they can't find you on the, you know, photo thing or identification thing because on Instagram you look like, you know, I don't know what, what's that meme say, Anna, Angelina Jolene, but in real life you don't look nothing like her. So who are they going to look for? You or her. But one thing cannot change is the ugly, ugliness of a person making another person feel this way. 
It can't replace a person making another person feel less than what they are and less than what they matter. That is pure ugliness to be that kind of person. There is not enough makeup or costumes or filters that can filter out such mean and humiliating remarks that leave a scar on somebody so deep internally that they might not... They might as well handed this person that paper sack and say, here, put this on and go play over there. Um, you're not good enough for anything over here and we don't want to be around you. And well, you know what? Go over there. Here's your sack. Or they might not even hand you a sack and just act like you're invisible. Now that might sound mean to think. And yeah, it is. But imagine how that makes a person feel. Why would someone want to do that? Why would someone treat someone like that and think that, that that they are better than anybody else? Or in fact, they're probably the most insecure person in the room, maybe. Well, I don't know. Why would we be like that? But we are. Rather intentionally or not, we do that. We all do. Not saying we're all mean bullies like this. Sadly, one may say, well, it, it is a matter of preference. Yeah, maybe that's true. But that doesn't make the other person feel any less worthless and not good enough. And who are you to make that decision? Based off of what? Your standards? Your opinion? Maybe they don't have to be perfect. Or have a perfect structure, structure or perfect posture. Maybe they are missing a few teeth. Maybe their hair is falling out. Maybe it's really, really long. Maybe they wear makeup. Maybe they're missing parts of their skin because they have some type of, you know... As society calls it, deformality. Maybe they are not a size nothing. Or maybe they are all of this. But yet have the most amazing personality and are the most beautiful human beings that would give anything and everything before they'd give to themselves, they would give to another person. However, nobody would ever know that when they can't look across their own opinion and actually see the person for what they really are. A real person. However, they have been torn apart piece by piece by society and made to feel like the ugliness that continues to grow, like the wart on the center of a person's nose that just keeps growing and growing and growing and metastasize. Now, what kind of mental state of mind does that leave a person feeling? A person's self-esteem is just as vital as the heart pumping through their chest and the blood flowing through their veins. This can make a person spiral in their confidence and make them feel that they are not worthy to to get anyone or may feel self-conscious on how they look or even how they even respond to a person romantically or maybe even getting the nerve up to even go up to talk to anyone at all thinking that they don't deserve that barbie top type or that prince charming or you know or whatever that society deems it I don't know, we're so offended in taking statues down. Why can't we be offended and take bad negative personalities down? Why does it always have to be the way we always... Why does everything always have to be ugly? Why does everything always have to be bad? Why do people enjoying hearing negative bad things and wanting to start drama? Why can't we hear more good things and things that are done that are meaningful in life? Why does it all have... Why does it all have to be that way? This makes a person feel lonely. They'll isolate, isolate themselves and become hermits. And they need to continue to keep trying to change or better themselves to suit everybody else's opinion and or thoughts. What if they don't like long hair? What if they prefer only, you know, short hair? 
What if they don't like tall people? They only for, uh, 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 like short people. What if they're not a size zero? What if they're a plus size? But what if the same person carried a load of their own securities and their own emotional, emotional baggage on top of everything else? Does that make them look yummy to somebody? I guess it depends on how far you really want to look at that person's actual appearance that goes farther than their hair type, their complexion, their clothing, even the type of car that they drive. Depends on how much you really want to look at the human being and through their eyes and actually see them. You could tell a lot, I believe, by looking into a person's eyes. It could hold so many things if you see it in the light that it really is. If you take out the filter of life and really look at it through the eyes of an innocent, what would you really see? I don't know. I guess that would depend on what you view as an innocent perspective. Our children are innocent until we corrupt them. We're so busy being offended and taking statues down that we're taking away our kids' heritage. The things that have put us where we are. I did not get to be the age I am for somebody to come along and be offended by a statue or something in this world that made this world what it is today. And what it is today is somebody being offended by something that was good. And so they took it down to make something bad. So what's that making our world be? And this is, we talk about how, oh, we love our kids and our grandkids are this and blah, blah, blah. But yet we're taking away their future. We're taking away the good things, family values, heritage. We're taking all this away. And you know what? Eventually we're not going to be here. And where is that going to leave our kids to teach their kids? Okay, let's narrow it down for, for sanity reasons. Let's say there are two people at a museum looking at a beautiful masterpiece hanging on the wall. And for argument's sake, we will say that we all agree, all in unison, that it's a beautiful masterpiece. One person is looking at it and it's really, really studying it. Trying to take in every single detail, every curve, every color, every texture, every contour line, every shading, everything that they see it to represent. Now the second person is standing there and is looking at the exact same picture. However, they might just be standing there glancing at it off and on, you know, might be looking down at their phone, might be looking around the room, doing whatever, but standing there no less, looking off and on at the picture. And to the other person, it may seem like, well, they're not even paying attention much. We're supposed to be, you know, spending time together and enjoying this this museum and this work of art and all kinds of things. Then maybe the second person is occupied with something going on in their life. Maybe they're not thinking as dedicated as the other person may think that they should be. Now the two leave and they walk away from the picture. And the first person, who obviously is pretty frustrated in their mind, now looks over at the second person and starts talking to them out of this frustration because they feel that the conversation is only going to be one-sided anyway because the second person to them wasn't even really paying attention at all. Like they even didn't even care about the picture or being there with them or spending time with them and you know they didn't think about this and so this conversation has already escalated before it even started. So during the conversation the first person looks over and starts going on and on while the second person really isn't saying much. And the first person finally gets frustrated and reacts to the second person and starts to put them down. 
for not even paying attention to them talking or even caring about anything or rambling on and, and going on spending time together and this, that, and the other. And they don't even act like they're paying attention because they're not even saying anything and blah, 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 blah. We all know how that goes. I don't care what end you're at. We all know how that goes. Then the second person looks over at them and says, I'm sorry you feel that way. I guess I didn't need to look at it as long or as in-depth as you did to appreciate its beauty and its importance or why it would even be worthy enough to hang up in this museum. I instead got caught up in watching you being captivated and looking at the twinkle and the beauty in your eyes as they sparkled and glistened when you were studying every fine detail in that picture. Hmm. They, don't, they say don't judge a book by its cover. Well, this is true. Sally, this is where some of us get stuck at. Maybe it wasn't about the cover at all, but the beautiful contents of the story and the way the person was being able to bring it to life. It could be said with words, with pictures, and even with simple gestures. Two people can look at the exact same beautiful masterpiece and see it in totally different perspectives. Depends on what the second person was thinking was the beautiful masterpiece in the first place. It is when they combine the two combinations that they can really see what they missed before and actually see it again for the first time differently, together. Everyone is a beautiful masterpiece and everyone deserves to feel like they, that they are. Sadly, as society, we all seem to pre present the mental perspective of the first person of this picture. Doing so without even thinking of how the other person is really thinking or feeling or maybe not even paying attention to what is really going on with them at all. They got so caught up in looking at this picture that they didn't even give the second person a second thought. Why did they seem so occupied? Why did they seem like they were not caring to look up or study the, in the same manner? Why are they being different than the first person was? Why are they being their own person? Why did they have to have their own perspective? Why are we even here? I don't know. I don't know about you, but I like to be around people that have their own mind. I like to be around people that can bring variety and vitality into my life. I like to be around someone that can make me laugh till I cry. Instead of making me cry that other people think it's funny. I like to be around someone who doesn't even see a box. To have to even think outside of it. Maybe that is what the problem is in the first place. People are too busy worrying about other people. That they think that they know things. And they think they know this. And they think they know that. And they don't even care about what the person actually is thinking or doing. People want to pass opinions around like a peace offering. Yet judge those who are trying to live peacefully. So take all of this and add it to the genetic makeup of your own personal birth, your lifestyle, your background, your schooling, society, family, friends, other personalities, tragedies, experiences, activities, fears, heartaches, love, crushes, death, environment, religion preferences. And let's not forget what seems to always have to be the most important other people's opinions, and the government. Well, yeah, what is mental health? People say, say it like it's a bad thing. I don't know. I would like to know what normal people freaking do. I have heard people talk about multiple personalities. <laughs> I used to always tell the guy I was with, hey, you don't need to mess around. Tell me what you want. I'll whip it out. <laughs> well, I personally believe that we all have multiple personalities. 
We are all fathers, mothers, sometimes both, children, friends, co-workers, entertainment people, bill payers, bill survivors, products of human traumas and death losses, medically stimulated and medically declining, or maids, caretakers, handymen, backyard mechanics, troubleshooters, and even caterers in the kitchen, and caterers in relationships, and caterers to society, and most importantly, caterers to the government. That's a lot of different personalities. Is that a bad thing? Oh, yes and no. That's a lot of personalities for one person to have to carry. What if they are all this at once on top of everything else as I described above? What kind of medication would you need now? Are you going to get high on drugs or are you going to get high on life? Either way, you're an addict. This most dominant, per the most dominant personality will be the one that is fed the most or the one that has to protect the most. You can get up in the morning and wake up to your spouse or your significant other or maybe even by yourself. You can intertwine with getting your kiddos up while you're getting ready for work and also preparing food as you continue to keep your kiddos going as you're trying to get everything ready, maybe packing lunches or, or whatever and waiting for the bus so they can go to school. And maybe you're balancing this and a little of that, or maybe you're balancing a little one that's not quite in school yet. Oh no, one of them's sick now. What now? Do you take them to the doctor? Do you call in work? But yet know that if you do, it may cost your job because you just got back to work from being sick for a few days. And you debate, you debate and you know that it might cost you your job but you don't know what to do. You debate this as you're trying to scramble the eggs, scramble your youngins, and scramble your time. But wait, now let's say you have a significant other. Either they're calling, texting, or coming in from the other room, and they want to be a turd. Now that's added to the mix. Or maybe you're missing somebody because you're separated, you're divorced, or you're lonely. Now that's not being helpful right now at all either. either. Your mind's about to explode. So what do you do? What personality do you want to lean on the most? Which one will be the dominant one? The troubleshooter? The anxiety and panic attack? The medical condition? The significant other? The co-worker? The doctor? The mother? The father? The child? The chef in the kitchen? The timekeeper? Yeah, how's your, your state of mind now? Oh no, look, there's the bus. Time for the kids to go to school and time for you to go to work. Time's up. Now take the same person and let's go for good mindset and say this person had someone come look after the little one that was sick. The kids all got off to school even though you had to drop them off because they missed the bus. Okay. You were running late to work because hey guess what? You had to go a different route because guess what's always happening? Construction. And you had to go a different route so you're stuck in this other construction that you normally would have been able to avoid. And now oh no there's a, there's a freaking accident yours but after the police report was made and the tow truck came and you were looked over and you managed to find a way to somebody come and take you to work because when you called in to explain the situation you were basically indirectly made to feel guilty for not being able to get in there on time but hey look I'm here now and I'm ready for my job with a smile on my face well no other problems in my world and I got a positive frame of mind because well it matters right 
Because you won't have my job posted in the, in the paper faster than my obituary, will you? Because I matter here. Now, this might sound extreme to someone like, I don't know, Mary Poppins. But to the reality world, this is probably just another day at the beach. So when you stop in at the gas station and you see tears in someone's eyes or drive down a road and see someone acting like what you may think is odd, even though you don't know that person and it might just be their kind of normal, or maybe you even hear of the way someone was being or acting or something that they may not have done or said, and you immediately pass your own opinion in your mind or even out loud to another person, cross-contaminating your opinion on someone else and, and then eventually causing a domino effect that affects all of this. Because the same person you pass judgment on or determine them to be unstable, if you will, are mentally strange or touched uh, in some way as society deems them, might just very well be the same person that was at the museum the day before looking at that beautiful masterpiece that had the same scenario as the person who woke up that morning to a cluster of ricochets and was trying to keep themselves together from having a mental or, neuro or neurological breakdown. That maybe they were just trying to find some peace and sanity in their own mental unstable world. Now I'm not trying to degrade seriousness on mentality at all of those that do suffer an uncontrollable mental state. As I do understand there are many different types and many different states that are that go well above the situation at all but add their mental state of mind on top of this state of mind however situations such as these are also lead to serious scenarios that can lead to severe and sadly and heartbreakingly deadly to a person that just can't handle anymore they just can't take it anymore they have nobody to talk to. Nobody understands them. Nobody cares to hear what they, they that they're crying. Nobody hears their silence. Everybody wants to take their abnormally of them acting out as they've lost their mind or they're on drugs or they're this or that. Maybe they're indirectly just trying to cry silently to the screams and screeches in their mind and nobody hears them because nobody's looking at that beautiful masterpiece. It is easy to have an opinion on something so, you know, especially when you don't have to handle that situation. You don't have to handle it personally. You don't have to know all the details. You don't even have to know the anything at all. But you know that you, you know, and you don't have to handle the consequences. You don't have to handle the effect of the, your, your opinion. You don't even have to handle one iota of any of the aftermath. But hey, look, you got some great advice. And damn someone if they don't take it. Shame on them. Well, I told them. Well, they should have listened to me. Well, I don't know. I've helped them here. I've done this. I'm about, you know what? Maybe it's not about you. Oh, I'm sorry, Barbie and Prince Charming. I didn't realize the level of your throne and the power that was before you. I didn't realize at the end of my life, as I am laying in my casket, that I need to make mistakes to not live my life because I didn't live it through the way you see it. I'm sorry that I didn't give you something that was given to me to live. My own thoughts, my own perspective, my own choices, my own consequences, and basically, I don't know, my own mental state and well-being of my own life. But yet you're sitting there crying over me trying to think of the good times? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to be insensitive. I mean, I just lost my dad last year. 
I've lost my grandson. I've lost many people in my life that I've been very near and dear to. And I struggle all the time. But I know my value in my life. And I've come a long way to learn that. And if you feel like you're dealing with more than what you can handle. Or even something that you may not understand. And have been made to feel that it is small and what others may seem as minute. Please remember that your state of mind is just as important, if not more important, as your physical and social state. They all intertwine and make you who they are. A beautiful masterpiece. That deserves to be looked at and treasured. Those that understand this level will see you through the eyes you deserve. But you need to remember to see yourself and shower yourself in your own self-worth. To the rest that look you differently, doesn't make them bad people. It just makes them different and they see things differently. Is that wrong? No. But it can make somebody feel wrong. No, it just makes them different. And that's okay. But yet it still hurts. If we were all the same though, then we would all be robots, wouldn't we? And well, you know what? A robot is only as good as the creator, right? And guess what they had to do? Think outside the box. Be creative. Be something that somebody might have told them that they would never be. Famous. I will leave you with this. Sometimes we need to step over our own shadows. Take the leap of faith and build our wings on the way down, taking life one flap at a time. And sometimes we need to remember to just go outside in the sun and make a shadow puppet on the wall. Laugh until our side hurts and enjoy us some real vitamin D. I would like to thank everybody that has taken their time out of their life and dedicated to listening to me. I hope that when your mental stability is questioned or taking its toll on you, that you are able to remind yourself that shadows cannot be shadows if there is not any light. You matter. Your thoughts matter. Your life matters. Just because it isn't real to someone else does not mean that it is not real to you. That in itself matters. Take your biggest heartache and make it your strongest strength. Please don't let anybody ever make you feel that you are any less than what you are. A beautiful masterpiece in the museum of life. And if your mental state of mind is far greater than that ability, please know there are resources because it's not funny. No matter how hard you cry, your tears are never funny when it hurts. This is Dee, and you have been listening to my podcast, Let Me Clear My Throat. So I'm mental. What's your superpower? Have a blessed and safe evening.